Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on First Lady and Friends, we had a wonderful conversation with Karen Brown. She's the creator of The Awesome Project on Instagram, a mom just trying to spread goodness and really get her family involved and the community involved in service uh, throughout the state. She's incredible. I loved her story. Can't wait for you to take a listen. Let's get proximate. We are here today on First Lady and Friends with a friend that I've gotten to know in the last little while who I've been inspired by. Her name is Karen Brown. She is the creator of The Awesome Project on Instagram. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be here. I'm so happy to have you on here because we've we've been connecting a little bit over the last little while and um, I've just been inspired. I told my team, I said, you have to look at this awesome project, this, this story on Instagram. I have to say, like, I am all about, um, you know, life is hard enough. Life is mean enough and scary enough that like I don't need to sit on Twitter or Instagram and follow all the mean scary stuff so I find things like goodable like you know these these um these accounts that are just there's an account I think I've talked about it on the show before that it's just all about like happy animal videos (laughs) those are the best and I'm not like an animal lover necessarily (laughs) but for some reason I'm like this just gives me joy in the day and I need that so I love what you're doing but let's go back before we talk about your project and and your account on Instagram let's let's go back and talk about you, where you grew up, where you were born and raised, and a little bit about your your family of origin. Awesome. So I'm a Utah girl through and through. I was born in Salt Lake City and then raised in Woods Cross, Utah. So um, my parents, we just barely sold their house. So they've been in that house for over 45 years. And um, so I, I love Utah and I'm happy that I'm raising my family here. My husband is from Gilbert, Arizona, and we met at BYU, the great melting pot, <laughs> and um, and decided to raise our family here, and we've we've loved it. So, and remind me, are you in Davis County still? I'm out in Saratoga Springs. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. just on the west side <laughs> yeah. of the lake. So, so you grew up in. Woods Cross mm-hmm. and in a big family, small family. Yep, I'm the oldest of seven. Okay, so I um, there's 14 years between us, and I always think that's funny because there's I'm the oldest, 
my baby sister, fourteen years younger, and then my oldest is fourteen years younger than my sister. So, oh, you like this? You like uh, sevens? Is that the I guess story? That's it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's fun to see my little sister and my oldest daughter, and think that's the same age difference between myself and my sister, and so. <laughs> it's kind of a fun thing to watch. Oh, that's that's amazing. And now you have how many children of your own? So I have five children of my own. And last year they were. I had five kids in five different schools. So that oh, was my goodness. I mean, you get to where your kids are starting to spread out and spread their wings and leave home. And I had two in two different colleges, and then high school, middle school, and elementary. So wow. This year, we're out of elementary, and we were saying that's kind of hard to close that chapter on elementary school. <laughs> it is. It really is. I think that, I don't know, for some reason that is, I mean, not only are you starting to, you're you're seeing that youngest child head to middle school, which is always hard. Middle school is just yeah, always a huge transition, but not, I mean, you have to say goodbye to all those teachers and principals and and lunchroom workers and all the people you've been, PTA friends and all the people you've yeah. been working with in elementary school for all that time. Yeah, all the the halls, the classrooms, the decorations, the parties, like all the things that filled up so much of my time when my kids were young. That's That was my life was at the school, it seemed like. So that is a hard chapter to close. What do you think, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit and we can get into this a little bit more, but I want to ask you about teachers. We, you and I, you're amazing. You came to our teacher conference, you volunteered there. And I'm just wondering sort of what your takeaways are as a parent for what teachers are facing and the, and the, and the issues that are going on in the school. I mean, teachers are really great to kind of unload on a, on a mom who has a, empathetic ear or listening <laughs> ear. So what are you seeing or hearing from yeah. teachers right now? I think for me, it's really easy to slip into a mindset of thinking these the teacher is just a teacher. That's, that's all they are. And we forget that they have families, that they may have another job, that um, they have a life outside the school. And when you start to consider all of that, it makes them more human and just my heart goes out to them when life is hard like we've had the last couple of years in school. Yeah, and they become your friends. I don't know yeah. if you I mean these are my these teachers that my kids have had are my they become my dear friends. <laughs> yeah. Which is embarrassing in the grocery store, right? When you're like, Oh my friend and hugs and conversation and the kids are like, Mom, that's my teacher. Let's get out of here. You know? <laughs> you're like, I know, they're my friends. <laughs> I know it's so great, especially where I come from, a small town. I mean, yeah. we we know everybody's business, we know everybody's families, we know right. where they came from. They were their mom usually taught, you know, me or mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. And so it's yeah, it's it's cool, and and we do need to realize that they are a huge part of the community, mm-hmm. and and we need to do everything we can to support them, which is really cool that you've been helping out and doing that. Thank you. Um, so. Let's talk about uh, your entree into social media and what what precipitated that. What what gave you the idea to decide to sort of be an active participant um, on Instagram? Uh, I like you mentioned earlier. There's a lot of negative 
things floating around out there, and it always feels like a holiday when you come across something that makes you smile or that、um, isn't kind of offensive in some way,、yeah. <laughs> hard and coarse. And so I wanted to contribute to putting light things and happy things out there to c- kind of combat that. Yeah. Do you? Wh- how do you? What do you do with your kids? How how have you handled social media with your kiddos?、Uh, we've been well with our first, you know, very different、changes. from the first to the end. I can attest. <laughs> yeah,、um, we learned a lot.、Uh, my kids are not on social media at all,、mm-hmm. so they'll look at mine sometimes, which I've really tried to curate. But、um, they're none of my kids are on social media. And were they before? Like, were your older ones just my oldest daughter? Okay, her heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah, because、yeah, my youngest daughter—I mean, my only daughter—but she's my baby, and she, we've just said no, no to social media, and and the anger, and that she gets really mad, and、yep. I have to tell her, well, the boys, you know, the boys were able to, and I'm like, well, we know more now than、yeah. we did. <laughs> I know, and parents make mistakes that we need to fix sometimes, and. And we just want to keep our kids safe, right?、Yeah. And and protect them as much as we can. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one, and not to say you know, not to say that parents who let their kids have social media are terrible,、yeah. but it's just it's a decision that that we make. And、um, the more I read, the more research I did on especially young girls on social media, I just couldn't, in good conscience. For myself and my daughter, we made that decision. My my husband to to say, let's let's just not do that. She gets you know, like you say, she she'll get on mine a few a little bit. Mine's pretty pretty curated. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't need the junk. <laughs> I know that's how I feel. And and they you know they see things. They are with their friends and they see things on friends' phones and and at home on my phone or computer. But、um, so I feel. They're getting exposed、right. to things, but I don't think it needs my kids. We've decided not to put it in their back pocket. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's such a great decision.、Um, and like you said, everybody needs to make whatever decision they feel is right for their own children. Yeah.、Um, but I, I think we're going to see a little bit more of that. I think we're going to see a little bit more of when we when we start to look at the data surrounding. Um, the negative effects.、Um, I think people will will start to figure out either better ways to control it, better ways to keep the the bad things out, or just you know just yank it all together for、yeah. <laughs> for the time being, like you and I have. But yeah, you know we'll see. We'll see. But、um, I think as we know more, we'll we'll do better. But、um, I want to get into talking about this, the awesome project, which is your your account on on social media on Instagram specifically. And I want to talk about what, how that came about, and what you're seeing now. And we'll do that when we come right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than eighty thousand Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast dot com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. 
We're back here on First Lady and Friends with an amazing guest, Karen Brown. She is uh, just a mom who is doing amazing things in her community and really spreading a positive message on Instagram through the awesome project. So let's talk about how did this come about? Where where did the idea come to do the awesome project? Um, I've... I've always enjoyed service and volunteering, and it's something that I feel like I grew up with. My parents were always helping in the community, and even as a college student, I enjoyed doing things like that. And then as when I was busy with my kids and doing the home mom stuff, like home all the time, um, that was... I. Filled that need by volunteering in the schools. Then, when they started entering high school and junior high, I thought, "Man, I can't just go and volunteer in the classrooms like I used to." And so, I started looking other places to fill that need. And um, people started to ask, you know, I'd post, "I did this" or "I did that" on my personal page, and people would ask, "Where do you find these things?" and "Let me know the next time," or um, "I have a group that I want to volunteer with," and where should we go? And so um, I thought, I wonder if maybe people would like an an account to find that mm-hmm. kind of information. So that's kind of where it started, um, is just seeing that people wanted to know where to go and didn't want to have to search it out. And that's what I love to do is search it out. So it was kind of a perfect match. That's so interesting. We found that a lot in the work that we've been doing with Show Up and our service organizations is that people really want to get involved. They want to do service. They they want to help their communities. And a lot of times they just don't know where to start. So I love this this account because it, it really does. It's one of those places and, you know, Just Serve is another place, but there's some organizations that do this. But this seems more approachable for people. I think it's it's really, you know, just a friend or somebody they know that's like you said, do doing this research for them. And so they know it's a good organization. They know they can just jump right in. So let's talk a little bit about like after it started, um, what have you seen? Have you seen it take off? Have you, what kind of experiences have you had with it? Um, one of, one of my favorite experiences that I had was um, I can't remember what conference it was, but was the a huge one in the Salt Palace, and we were making macaroni packets. I don't know if you remember oh, what yeah. that was, but um, and I had posted that and the link to sign up because that's always the key. Is like I know that there's stuff out there, but I don't know where. I I just need someone to show me the link, and I'll click on it. So that's what I try and do. So I posted the link, and um showed up for my shift and I saw one of my very best friends there with her family and I said, oh my word, this is so crazy. I can't believe you're here. What what a coincidence, you know, that you're here. And she's like, well, it's because you posted it. I wouldn't have come if you hadn't <laughs> posted it. I thought, oh, people really do like pay attention and, yeah. and click on these links. And um, it's not coincidence that she showed up. It's because I shared with her. And I think that... Um, that sense of community and coming together when we saw each other, it was like, oh, there's power in that. There's power in knowing we can come together and do these amazing projects. 
Yeah. Do you see, have you seen, so you had this family, this experience with this other family that you knew. Do you see uh, um, people, uh, a real um, longing to to connect and, and get together and serve? Are you seeing that like through your through your Instagram account? Yeah, I really am. And I, especially after COVID and restrictions on gathering, um, people just want to be together. And it kind of opened our eyes to some of the needs in the community, some of the, um, like the people need food, people need um, help with rent, people need help in the schools. And, um, and and people show up every time, you know, they show up and and they're happy to be there. And that's part of this whole concept of the awesome project is it's threefold, really, is um, I am knowing that I, as an individual, am an awesome person, even if I burn the toast for breakfast, you know, and I think, oh, that's awesome. Well, it's still awesome, <laughs> right? right? And 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 then broadening that layer to you are awesome. And we don't need to compare ourselves to each other. We don't need to criticize or judge each other. We can just acknowledge that you're awesome and I'm awesome. And then when we all come together, we all are awesome. We And we're serving each other and and doing amazing things. And I think that um, it's just like I always think of it like crocheting or knitting or something, how each individual knot turns into this huge beautiful pattern yeah i love that concept and 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 we we need all different um types of people and and we have different colors to us and we have different talents and and when we come together it just makes such a beautiful community um you and i i think separately were involved in the same service project last week <laughs> i noticed oh yeah yeah so let's talk a little bit about what we did this is funny because i i am friends with um amy dot harmer who runs the utah refugee connection and we've done a few things with her with our show up initiative and um just just an incredible organization and just kind of a gap filler to some of these other major um, uh, resettlement agencies in the state. But this, she just has a, a way and this organization has a way to be a little bit more nimble and to really address some of the, the gaps that are in some of these other services. And so I've really connected with her. I, she's just a dynamic human who loves and is kind and just a phenomenal human and um i noticed on her because i follow hers and i noticed that there was a a little backpack uh gathering that they were doing for our refugee children in the state and trying to get you know kids ready for school and get that backpack and i think talk a little bit about you know as a mom what it what it means for a kid to have a backpack that's ready to go and has all the things they need. Right. I I can't imagine walking into a middle school. Like I think of my seventh grader who started today walking into a school without even a pencil or a notebook or to be receiving papers and disclosure documents and textbooks or whatever and ha- not having a bag to put that in or having like a, gro- a plastic grocery bag or, you know, yeah. something like that. 
um, having a backpack full of supplies ready to go is just I like this comfort blanket for a kid to enter those halls with that are can be so brutal. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean I just can't I'm the same way. I just you you do yeah. everything you can to give your child the the least amount of drama possible right? in their lives. Yeah. I mean, school is is hard and and it's scary and it's really scary when you're coming from another country and you don't know the 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 social norms and you don't know what things mean and sometimes you don't even know the language and it's just really really tough just to add that little layer of that somebody in this community loves you and is looking out for you and we're ready to help you in any way we can i just think it's it's such a sweet message and so i i connected with that project and so i just got on amy's thing and i signed up and i just <laughs> put my little name on there and got my kiddos Signed up on a different day because my older boys had a, had to work. And so we had different days that we went. And it just was like really unexpected. I just thought I'd go there for a couple of hours and kind of, you know, put some backpacks in, in the bin or whatever I was doing. I didn't really know. And then it just turned out to be this gigantic project that people really resonated with. It really does. And it's so fun. And there's, you know, I opened up a sign up list on my Instagram for people to just sign up for crayons or sign up for pencils. And so you could bring a whole backpack or you could just bring a notebook. And regardless, you're contributing to this massive project that benefits so many people. Yeah, it's it's so cool. It, anyway, we ended up, I think she collected over 5,000 yeah. backpacks, 5,000 backpacks yeah. um, that were going all over the valley, um, all over the state to to make sure that every every kid, every one of these refugee children had a backpack. And then they were putting some in, in other places because I'm sure they had, they had extra. So it was a really cool time for us and our family. And I saw that you had posted about it. We had posted about yeah. it. And I just got a little video from Amy last night showing the, the event that they had where Family members came together to pick, collect. The, I mean, we could take them out, but I think the idea was really this carnival atmosphere where they felt loved and felt a part of the community where people could come together, which, again, I think is such a powerful moment for, for these people that are coming in and need that need that sense of belonging. Um, I want to talk a little bit more when we come back about your uh, experience. You've also shared about people. So you've been talking to people on your on your Instagram account and just really getting proximate, which we love, and telling their stories. So I want to hear about some of those people when we come right back. We're back here with Karen Brown. She is the creator of the Awesome Project on Instagram, and we've become friends and we we share the same interests of really trying to connect our communities and to get proximate to people that have a different story than us. And I just think there's such a power in proximity, a power in listening to somebody else's story. And and that's kind of what you've been doing. And we were joking a little bit in the break about <laughs> how it's like sometimes it's easier to just talk to somebody online or to try to get those things because it is hard. It's uncomfortable sometimes to to really dive into to somebody's intimate story. But you have posted a few experiences with people that you've been um, speaking with um, and they've shared their story with you. Talk a little bit about that experience and maybe share some of the people that you've that you've connected with. 
Um, this this part of the awesome project is a part that um, I am doing because it's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. I it's really easy for me to compare myself to other people. Really easy for me to um, just want to hide inside my own little world. But there's no growth in that. There's not a lot of joy in that. So this is um, something that pushes me to get proximate. And I love it because each time I realize none of us are alone. None of us are. Um, all. Most of the struggles we have are shared with other people. We just don't know it. And, um, like this most recent, um, profile, I call them the profile of awesome. And this most recent one is my friend Elizabeth. And she shares that she has struggled with panic or anxiety and depression and had a period of time where she struggled with panic attacks on a daily basis. I didn't know this and we are friends. Um, but it's so, I think, most women can relate to that and men thinking, yeah, I feel depression. I feel anxiety. And um, to to hear that from someone else, to see someone else be vulnerable and honest about things like that, I think it just makes us stronger and connects us in ways that we need. Yeah, I, I we talked about how social media has it's it's downsides for sure um and in a lot of ways we we do like to hide behind our persona and then i think that's when it gets dangerous is you talked about comparison you talked about that's that's when i think social media especially for young girls gets really dangerous and and for us i mean yeah. we talk about young girls but you know even adults when we see somebody's best 1% of their life and pretend, you know, like that's their whole life, um, we're missing out on real connection and um, and we're missing out on the real story. And so I love that you're you're getting proximate and, and really trying to show the real behind some of the the facade that we that we put up for for social media on our best our best vacations our best right. you know our cutest know. outfits our uh-huh. you know our best mom wins yeah um, but I love the real stuff and and I think we connect as humans when we talk about the real stuff what are what are some other stories or some other people that you've that you've connected with that you've been sharing um one of them is a Again, another friend, and she um, had some really neat experiences when her after her child had an accident on her scooter, and um, I can't remember exactly what the medical condition was, but she had to be flown to Primary Children's Hospital and all of this stuff, and it was Thanksgiving Day, and how hard that was for their family. And um, what a challenge that was to not only miss the holiday, but to have a, ch- more importantly, at this child that they were so worried about. And then to also see the flip side where the neighborhood pulled together 
um, provided a Thanksgiving dinner as soon as they were home on a completely different day of the week. And um, I, I think that these profiles can also show that connection in the community. When we see someone hurting and we, we put that out there for other people to see, we're vulnerable enough to do that. That allows the community to come in and help um, rescue that person. Mm, I love that. Talk a little bit about what if you've seen a difference in your kids through this experience. I'm sure they, you know, have seen what you're doing and have have become a part of it. What what changes or what what uh, results have you seen with your own children? Um. Uh, well, I have a bunch of teenagers in my house right now, and it's funny to see them um, complain about going to do some of the service projects we do and or when I like we're gonna go do something fun and then I've tacked on this little project at the end and they're like oh mom um and and sometimes it's a fight to get them in the car you know that like that's the hardest part is getting in the car yeah and once we're there and they're serving and doing whatever project we're doing it's it's fun and by the time we get in the car the second time to go home we're laughing and we're talking and it was like silent treatment on the way there, yeah. you know. So, um, and I, I think the greatest payback for me with when I think of my kids is um, today I caught my high school senior right before I left to come here. She came home for early out day and she said, there's a new girl in my class today that I saw that was introduced and I didn't sit by her, but I think next class period I will. And I thought that that is my payback right there is is just those smallest things. Sometimes we call it sexy service when you're out there and people can see you doing it. But really, it's those those more intimate moments where you just see a need and you you can reach out to that person. That's that's where the real power is, I feel like. No, I think you're exactly right. And that's why, you know, talking about this project of putting these backpacks together, you know, I sat there and put backpacks together with somebody in mind, but not really a face in front of me. And then when I saw the video of these kids going to that event and picking up these backpacks and, you know, just having a connection with each other, having a connection with those people that are, that are serving them. Um, I, I just think when we're, when we're serving and we're helping our children to understand there are real people behind each one of these projects and there's real need and somebody else is having an experience that you're not having that you could learn about and empathize with and learn how to be a more compassionate person and part of a compassionate community. So I I love that you're doing that. I love that you're doing that with your kids. Um, before we wrap up, let's just, let's just talk a little, I'm a huge reader and I love reading. Um, I imagine you are. I am. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm just I have a degree in English, so I really enjoy reading. Oh, I love that. So tell me what you're reading right now. I just finished a fiction a novel and I, I can't remember the name right now. I think it's, it's about, um, like the a Titanic, the Titanic of World War II, which I never even knew. It's a historical fiction, um, and it, there was a ship that sank, just like the Titanic did, oh. 
in World War II with all of these refugees on it that were fleeing the war. And it's fascinating. And I wish I'll have, I'll remember as soon as we finish. (laughs) But I wondered if you were going to ask me what a favorite book was. So I wrote it down. And my favorite nonfiction is A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. Have you read that? I have not. It's so good. I'm going to add it to my list. It is, it is so motivational. And it's kind of about writing a story for your life, like finding the story that is in your life and um, taking the risks to give it a plot line, you know, and, mm. and getting up off the couch and doing something. Because what's a story if you're not moving? Mm. And it's just, I just love it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, I I am reading right now, and I'm just like you. I can't remember the title. <laughs> Something about sons. <laughs> it's actually the it's actually the story of it's nonfiction, but it, it's just, it's the story of it follows I think three different families who migrated from the South during Jim Crow era to the north and west and i had no idea it's a huge it was a huge migration like a huge migration millions Hmm. of uh, black southerners escaping jim crow went to the north to like new york and chicago and milwaukee and los angeles and san francisco and a lot of these places just became inundated with refugees from the South um, that were f- fleeing, you know, segregation and Jim Crow laws and came to the North and really found, even though they weren't, you know, written laws or they didn't say, you know, colored and white signs and stuff like that. They there really was still a lot of that that was unwritten, right? Kind of embedded in the culture. Yeah, yeah. And so Culture's they they hard. were fleeing that, but they weren't really finding a lot better. I mean, it was a little better situation for some of them, but it would just and the more it came, the harder it was because they were, um, you know, living in just terrible situations where they you know the housing was a problem and they anyway it's really fascinating so it kind of follows these three different families and their journey through this migration and well when um, you remember the title i know (laughs) we're so good on this i know i will remember the title and i'll put it in there (laughs) but i so appreciate you coming on i i i appreciate what you're doing i appreciate seeing um, joyfulness and connection and community through through your attempts in social media. And I follow and I hope everyone else follows and we'll, we'll give all that information. But we just are so appreciative of your voice and, and what you're doing to make Utah and your community better. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. The books we referenced today were The Warmth of Other Suns and Salt to the Sea. If you want to get involved in other refugee organizations, you can go to serverefugees.org. Also, find Karen Brown at the.awesomeproject on Instagram. Thanks for being a friend. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. 
Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.